Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach, and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, how's it going out there? We're seeing the great resignation morph into the great regret. Somewhere out there, things are going to get redefined, right? And you're going to find the place you want to work. So what do you look for in a company that you want to go to work for that will guide your career, allow you to really expand your wings and develop personally as well as professionally? What if I told you that my guest today has taught for MIT for a while in their Career Success Accelerator and has discovered those qualities of companies that do just that. They can help you accelerate your own success through your career. So really, today's episode is for a couple of different groups of folks in Work Positive Nation. It's for those of you who are looking to accelerate your career and to be successful in it, but it's also if you're in a small business leadership, doesn't have to be the owner, you can be middle management, wherever you are in the company, right? And you wanna learn what successful companies are doing who are building that positive work culture, that you want to be a part of and give leadership to, today's guest knows all about those best practices because as you might can imagine, MIT has a long line of companies who are wanting to tap brilliant people like my guest today. I am glad to introduce to you, Work Positive Nation, Mark Hirschberg. And hey, is it really okay if I call you Hershey? Is that okay? Absolutely. Call me Hershey. Yeah, because like you're immediately one of my favorite people if I get to call you Hershey, right? Because I just love Hershey chocolate, right? And my wife lived in Hershey, PA for a while. And of course, they're the Hershey Bears, the hockey team up there. I mean, it's just a, a whole symmetry thing here for me. So this is already my favorite episode, Mark. Well, thank you for having me on the show. Hershey's been nicknamed since I was five. So I go by Hershey. I go by Mark. Happy to do either. And it's it's always a little more fun and informal when people go by Hershey. Oh, absolutely. Well, with a last name like Fawcett, you can imagine what I was called at five years old. So I'd much rather have been called Hershey than I had some of the things I was called. So you heard what I what I said to two different groups in Work Positive Nation, those who are building their career, looking for companies that have these best practices that build positive work cultures, and then those who are leadership in companies that they want to really focus on bringing that best practice culture to their own company. Mark, what do you see these companies doing as a part of their best practices to attract top talent? Because that's a huge thing today, right? Attracting any kind of talent in some circles, right? But attracting top talent is particularly of interest to many of us. There's a number of things companies need to do. Now, first and foremost, we're going to start at a very big picture level. Okay. 
you need to learn sales and marketing. HR sits in their HR silo. And now most groups sit in their silo, not picking on HR, but people say, okay, this is what I do. And I'm HR. I know how to do certain things. I don't need sales or marketing. That's the other team. Mm. You do because you are selling. If you are in HR, if you are a hiring manager, or if you're a candidate, by the way, Mm. you're selling. All the time, I am selling job positions. I have to sell. I have to go to the market. I have to market it. Most people, their marketing is from the 19th century. Oh, I have a job post. <laughs> the 19th century. <laughs> and if you look at the job post, I work in tech and I see these job posts. Uh, We're hiring a software engineer. Okay. You're going to write code. You're going to attend daily scrum meetings. You're going to help QA the code. You're going to talk to these people. Like oh. I knew all that from the title. Software engineer. engineer. And they all sound the same, like, these listings, right? Right. Right. It's like, and you're going to show up and sit at your desk. Right. <laughs> Thanks. You need to know you that. You get to eat lunch each day. <laughs> you need to sell it. Don't run through all the details. Maybe do if you think it's relevant. I talk about in my book whether you need to go how detailed and how to position it. But sell this. Make it exciting. Don't just say, this is a car. It has four wheels. There are blinkers. There are brakes. And there's an what engine. They, right? they say, this is a sports car. And this is why it's exciting and feel the open road. Say, this is a family sedan. And it is safe and reliable and efficient. Right. What is it about your job that mm. makes it exciting that will attract someone? And it could be the company, the department, the role, the project. Sell your jobs. You are in sales and marketing. Talk to your sales and marketing people to get their input on your job descriptions. Mm. So what is it about? And I know it sounds like we're picking on HR. By the way, I like the European model of calling it human capital. That just seems to be a little bit more respectful to me. At least you're granting some value to people, right? Mark, we don't mean to pick on HR, right? It's like most other departments in many, many companies. But what is it about us that drives us into silos, that I want to protect my turf and this is my space because what you're saying makes perfect sense. I know maybe on some level, I know I got to sell it, but to expect me to do the bidding of sales and marketing and things like that, what is it that drives us into these silos? I believe it's historically how companies evolved. And remember organization of companies back a hundred, 150 years ago came out of the military Mm. because Prior to the Industrial Revolution, the only organizations that were more than maybe a dozen people or so was the military. So we looked to them to how to organize. It was very hierarchical. And we took that as we went to corporations. And that was fine on the assembly line where you sat and did your thing here. You turn the screws and I'll hammer the nails and he'll paint the item. Okay, we should do our things. And we had our little hierarchical system. As we moved into more of the thought economy, as we got in century, well, you had the accountants over here and the marketing people over there and the engineers over here, and they all sat in their rows of desks and they did their job. And you'd say, okay, sir, what now? I put something in your inbox and you do it, you put it in your outbox. What next, sir? You were the cog. You had to do one thing well, but you didn't have that larger picture or context. Now, what happened in the last 30, 40 years is we saw middle management got decimated as Mm. we had all the layoffs in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And then we 
created new types of teams. And this comes from first cross-functional teams. But also, if you think about the nature of work, in 1952, the head of marketing presumably knew more about marketing than those junior people, <laughs> the 24-year-olds just out of school. Yeah. Say, okay, well, yeah, that's a good idea. But let me tell you, with all my experience, yeah. here's how things here's go. Here's what's going to work. <laughs> you do the grunt work, but I'm going to set the direction. Uh-huh. Now, you've got that CMO and a 24-year-old, and the CMO says to her, so what's TikTok? And is this relevant to us? How do we do it? Because I don't know TikTok. I've heard of it. Yeah. And we see this across departments. It's no longer the senior person knows everything mm-hmm. and dictates what to do, and then the rest of the peons just do it. Mm-hmm. We now need everyone, all levels, to participate and share, mm-hmm. but our structures are only just starting to shift that the 24-year-old can say, hey, you know, Mr. CMO, let me tell you a thing or two. And so we need to rethink the orientations in our organizations. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be one of the ways that you attract top talent is that you create this collaborative. I like to refer to it as the we economy based company that really values and treasures collaboration, regardless of the typical command and control kinds of things that have been in place, which, yes, thanks for tagging that right to a militaristic uh, type of uh, orientation. So what are some other things that we can do to create a culture, a positive work culture within our company that will attract top talent? Let's talk about two other things. The second is actually being intentional with your culture. I know this is something you care very much about. Yeah. Now, we have to be clear on what culture is. All too often, people think culture, it's the seven values we put on our website. We care about the customer. We're innovative. Yeah, they're in the employee handbook. Didn't you read it? (laughs) What culture actually is, is how you interact day to day. Mm. I have a colleague who said the culture at his company was whoever yelled the loudest won the argument. (laughs) And we've all seen companies like that. Yeah, we have, unfortunately. I guarantee you that was not listed on the website. No, it didn't quite make it. And so we have to look at what is the practical culture? What's the day-to-day culture, which first might not even permeate the entire company. This department versus that department might have different cultures. Mm. Like you might even want different cultures. Your R&D department might have a different culture than something that's maintaining some mission-critical system where you want more repeatability and not outside-the-box thinking. Culture can be things like when there is a decision to be made at some companies, it's let's go into the meeting. We're going to debate ideas. And I said, no, 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 your idea is wrong. And here's why I'm not attacking <laughs> you, but we're going to attack the ideas mm-hmm. at other companies. You don't do that in the meeting. You have private discussions ahead of time. And at the meeting, it's fait accompli mm. rubber stamp it. Yeah. Both of those cultures are fine. But if your style doesn't align to the actual culture, Mm. you're not going to work at that company. And we don't list this as our seven values. We don't talk about this when we're hiring people. And that's why we get these misalignments. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I love what you're talking about there in terms of the everyday culture versus what appears on the website or in the employee handbook. There's an unspoken culture in so many companies. And what happens is we might speak the culture that's in the handbook and that's on the website, right? When we're seeking to attract top talent, let's say, Mark, that they come to work for us. 
then reality begins to set in. And so the whole issue of retaining top talent gets to be a huge problem because the unspoken culture that we live by day to day now is a disconnect with what I was hired to do. So how do we as a company create consistency between our spoken and our unspoken culture? Great question. And this ties into the other thing we can do to create engagement. So I'm going to talk about the other piece and then tie it back to this question. All right. At MIT, we have a technique in our Career Success Accelerator program for upskilling our students. It's the same technique that's used at top business schools. Hmm. It's a technique that you can employ at your company. And this is not unique to engineers. If you think about the skills that we want in people, the skills that make them successful, it's not, did you learn the Excel macros? (laughs) Fine. Yeah, learn that. I'll take you 10 minutes. It's skills like team building, Hmm. leadership, communicating, networking, because internal networking is important. These essential skills. And you know the skills. You've heard them before. You've probably told your company about them. What you want to do is upskill your organization. And we'll talk about how, and then we'll talk about the benefits. These skills are not learned the way you learn the Excel macros. You want to learn Excel macros? You want to learn a new accounting system? Go take an afternoon seminar, come back, yeah. you're done. Or go to I YouTube, right? Skills. <laughs> yeah. If you were training someone Let's say you want them for your sports team. Let's say you've got a basketball team. Would you ever say, okay, hey, welcome to our team. I'm going to send you to a two-day basketball clinic. Okay, (laughs) great. Come back from the clinic. Done. Perfect. We'll fire fire hose you for a couple of days in basketball skills. Yeah, you don't need more training. I already sent you to training. The rest of the 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 season, you just play. That's That's all you have to do. Scrimmage? No, no scrimmage. We're just playing. You already had your practice. That's insane. It is. But this is what we do is we send people to yes. one and done training. Yes. The way to learn these skills, similar to how you learn sports or a musical instrument, you need to regularly re-engage. So what you want to do is create peer learning groups, mm. create groups of people. Now you want to take them from different groups. You don't just want the engineers here and the salespeople there. You want to have mm. cross-functional groups with different perspectives. Mm. You engage them with some content. Yes, you can use my book. Don't want to use my book. Use a different book. Use online videos, articles. Use a great podcast like this one. Bring in experts if you want. But you create some content. So they read an article or two. And then they get together and discuss it. Mm. So if we're talking about leadership, we read the article. Say, what would you get out of it? Oh, you know, I didn't even see that. That's a different perspective. Okay, that's Mm. helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's going to broaden my understanding because there's no simple rule to leadership. I memorize these three things. I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. I need the diversity of perspectives. I'll need things where I say, hey, I'm trying to do this with my team. Here's what I'm thinking. This is a version of scrimmage because you can't go to your team and say, okay, I'm going to lead this afternoon. And then a few hours later, I go, you know what? Time out, do over, forget everything I said. That was horrible. <laughs> but in this group, you can say, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. What are your thoughts? What's the feedback? So I can say, well, here's what I tried that was similar. And here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Mm. When you create these peer learning groups. And so there's no cost because, again, you can use free articles. You can use great podcasts like this one. You have folks meet once or twice a month in four groups. You get four things. First, you are engaging your employees. And especially mm. today, 
during the great resignation, great threat, people want to be engaged. They want companies that aren't just handing them a paycheck mm. but say, we care about you. Two, you are fostering internal networks. You are helping people meet people from different departments. We know how important that is. Three, you're upskilling the employees. Obviously important benefits right. over our organization. Mm. And fourth, you're creating a common language. Imagine if the book you took was good to great, famous one we all know. Sure. If everyone went through that book together, then in a meeting you could say, hey, uh, let's apply the hedgehog model. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, hedgehog model. I know exactly what you mean. You don't have to describe and explain it. We have that common framework. So you get these four benefits completely free. Now, it goes back to how do we talk about that culture? By having these conversations, by having these ground up meetings, mm. ground up, not chopping up our meetings, <laughs> yeah. lifting up instead of, well, management decided, the executive team got together and said, this is our culture. These are the seven things we decide is important. We start to have conversations about our culture because what is culture? We said it's those daily habits. It's mm. how this team is led. It's how that team communicates. Mm. And as we can have discussions about it and improve it, we improve from the bottom up what the culture is, and we get input from the people living the culture instead mm. of top down being told, this is a culture I want you to have, and then hoping it happens. Mm. Oh, yeah. The hope method, right? <laughs> Yields the same results every time. Mark Hirschberg is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Hey, while you're listening, go over to the careertoolkitbook.com. The careertoolkitbook.com. Now, if you're walking your dog around the Peloton, don't, don't do that right now. But uh, it's in the show notes. You can go after this, or if you're on your phone listening, just open up the show notes and go to the careertoolkitbook.com com right now. He's got a ton of free resources. Some of the things that we're talking about here today are included on this website, so you can find them there. Once again, providing practical strategies and tactics for Work Positive Nation so that you can create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. So Mark, what are, uh, I'm still calling you Mark. I don't know why I want to call you Hershey. Maybe I'm in love with the idea of calling you Hershey, but I really respect you so much. I want to call you Mark. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Mark, uh, what are some of the challenges Challenges because all these companies that you guys are working with at MIT, what are some of the challenges, the common challenges that you're seeing pop up for companies seeking to create a positive work culture? It's this disconnect of what I tell you you should happen in your culture versus what actually happens. Spoken and unspoken culture. Wow. And, and you really have to let the people drive the culture and mm -hmm. focus on reality because you can pretend your culture is about collaboration. But if you find it's not, then that's the reality you have to deal with. Now, very importantly, you need a culture where you can hear that. And this is what trips up lots of companies. Uh, if you have a person in charge who stifles criticism, that team is never going to criticize even, well, it's anonymous and it goes to HR. Their mentality <laughs> is yeah. And so if you don't have that fundamental feedback mechanism, yeah. you're in big trouble. Well, and it takes the criticism to a higher level when you have that mechanism in place, right? Because then it becomes a collaborative exercise. 
here's what I'm observing. Here's what we can, here's what I'd like to see us do about it. Now, how do we work on this together? Which is far different from taking pot shots at each other, which is what created that HR waste basket, basket approach from the beginning, right? And be transparent. If you're asking people for input and you get 50 different ideas, you certainly can't implement them all. Some of them you might not even want to implement. Mm. You don't just a month later, three months later, say, oh, hey, we did this one. Because they're going to look and say, what about the other 49? But if you're transparent and say, we got a whole bunch of ideas, we are going to start out by picking one or two or three, and we're going to pilot them and try it. And we're going to see first what impact this one change has. We're also going to learn about how well we can roll things out. So we're going to do that to start. We're not ignoring the other ideas, but we're sequencing what we do and when. They'll say, okay, I get it. Now I'm not wondering, oh, did you just ignore me? Mm. So you need to be transparent the other way as you make these changes, what changes you're making, why you're making them, why you're not making other changes, why you're doing it a certain way and not a different way. Hmm. This transparency will help you get buy-in from your team. Oh, yeah. And it creates a uh, an environment. Well, I'm thinking about Jesse Cole, who's the owner of the Savannah Bananas. Uh, if you've not read the book Fans First, you, uh, let me encourage you to do that Work Positive Nation. Jesse's uh, going to be a guest here on the Work Positive Podcast. He talks about idea paloozas. And, and he just gets his team together, I think it's once a quarter, and they just do exactly what you're talking about, Mark. They bring ideas, and some of those ideas are great, some suck, but they work collaboratively, right, to say which ideas do we think have the best chance of success where we are today and moving us forward in our fans-first uh, culture, and, and how do we prioritize these, which ones do we want to attack first. So the real sleeper strategy there is engagement because you've got all this human capital right there in front of you, right? And and if you're still operating out of a non-transparent spoken versus unspoken culture bias, right? You're missing the opportunity to engage these people. And look, the millennial generation and Z's, they're not gonna stay with you. They, they'll walk out day one when they sniff out that unspoken culture that is so different from the spoken culture. Am I right? Very, very true. And so you have to be honest with yourself. And that is hard. Mm. It's hard to look in the mirror and say, in my case, I'm not 16 anymore. Be <laughs> a 16-year-old, but I have to look past that and say, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not 16. I don't and you have to be, be 16 honest about <laughs> Be honest about who you are, who the company yes. is, and what you see. Hmm. Because if you're not facing reality, you can't deal with reality. You can't hmm. fix or improve reality. And, and just creating a, can I say, uh, pull a, a Planet Fitness phrase here, a judgment-free zone, right? Can, can we just be judgment-free on that and love and respect each other in this collaborative environment enough to say, Mark, that's a great idea. I'd have never thought of that because you know, I'm not out of your generation or, Hey, I'm not so sure about that idea. Help me learn more about that. Um, and, and that collaboration of mutual respect, man, that just unleashes the human spirit to go and do its thing. And I think is a key and critical part of redefining work today, Mark. There is. And when doing it, there's two key elements. The first, of course, is you only attack ideas, not people, yes, not people, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, 
I don't think the idea is going to work. And here's why hmm. I don't say, no, you're stupid. That <laughs> may be true, but you don't say that, right? <laughs> but now here's the second thing. And this is a standard rule that you all know from brainstorming. When okay. brainstorming, you have the, there's no bad idea rule. Right. Because if someone brainstorming, right, they say, hey, well, what if we, what if we partner with Chile? They go, no, 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 that, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> that's too hard. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm not going to throw out my next idea because it's going to be Chris. Right. Great. Let's partner with you know a South American nation. We're a company <laughs> of three people, but I like that idea. Yeah. Just write it up there. <laughs> yeah. Throw out the wild ideas. You refine them. You wean them later. Mm. And so, if you make clear, this is the no ideas are bad phase. Mm. Later, we will have a winnowing process. And we'll look, and not all ideas are going to be good, but right now, it's that judgment-free. So you're right, there's judgment-free, at least for part of it. At some point, we right. do have to narrow right. down. But by making yeah. it clear, because what you don't want to have happen is, okay, I'll, I'll try to be creative, I'll try to be creative, and then you're slapping my hand by saying bad idea. Mm-hmm. That's a negative incentive. So be clear when each phase is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give a turn signal. Okay, now exactly. it's judgment-free. We're just getting it up on the wall. We're turning right. Okay, which of these ideas are the best that we can implement starting right now, right? Mark Hirschberg is my guest. Uh, the careertoolkitbook.com is where I want you to go because there's like a bazillion. I didn't count them all, but I'm just approximating a bazillion free resources there. They're just going to take your career and help you. Uh, it, it's going to turbocharge it. And it comes right out of the MIT Career Success Accelerator, uh, where Mark has just had so much amazing experience with companies. So this is this is what's working today, and this is what will continue to work in in the future. Mark, uh, Work Positive Nation is always looking for something that works. So, you know, we're talking about a lot of soft skill stuff here. What do you say to someone who says, ah, that's fluff, that's soft skill stuff. We need the technical skills developed and things like this. How do you respond to someone like that in terms of what creates a best work culture? Let me give you a very quantitative argument. This comes from my <laughs> friend and co-teacher, Professor Charles Leiserson. We're going to do a little bit of math right now. We're going to go back to middle school. Uh-oh. Imagine you have a rectangle that's four by 10. Okay. You want to increase one of the sides by two units to maximize the area. Okay. So which side do you increase? And feel free to pause the podcast if you need a moment to think about it. <laughs> might be rusty on that. <laughs> Now that you're back, oh, the answer is fourth. We go from four to six. Okay. That gives us 60. Six times 10 is 60. Okay. Okay, great. What does this have to do with anything we've just been talking about? I give up. <laughs> when you are putting two units on the short side, those two units get amplified by your long side. You get the two times the 10 for the extra 20, as opposed to two times the four for the extra eight. Oh. All of us have short sides and long sides, typically more than two. Mm. So imagine someone like myself, what's one of my long sides? Technical skills, software in particular. Very good at that. Uh Now, I have to keep working on that because we know technology. If I'm not paying attention, I become a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. So I do have to put time in each year to stay abreast of new technologies to improve my skills. 
But imagine if I am a great technologist, but I am a terrible communicator. Mm. I ramble, I throw in lots of technical jargon, I don't have a coherent message, all the people just get lost listening to me. Mm. I am not going to be effective because I might have brilliant ideas from that long side, but I can't convey them to other people on my team or other teams. Mm. So if I get a little bit better at communicating, mm. go from that four to that six, mm-hmm. we're not talking about now I can go on the TED stage and have 10 million views. <laughs> Just go there. I can stand in a meeting and convey the idea more effectively, more concisely, more coherently. Mm. All of a sudden, that long side becomes so much more effective because now I can reach more people. Mm. All of us have short sides and long sides. And investing in some of these short sides, which typically are communication, leadership, team building, networking, negotiating, the soft skills that we don't actually teach in school usually, working on those gives us a better ROI than only working on our long sides, which are usually our technical or domain skills. Wow. That's a great explanation. A friend of mine, Larry Levine, who wrote Selling from the Heart and has been a guest on this Work Positive podcast, says that soft skills yield hard dollars. And I think to your point, that's exactly what you're saying. Knowing what your long sides are and shoring up your short sides actually lengthens the long sides even more, right? And allows you to, particularly in a collaborative we economy, positive work culture, right? Allows you to become more valuable and allows your career to accelerate even at an even greater pace, right? 100%. I completely agree with it. I'm going to borrow that phrase from him. <laughs> well, Larry would give it to you. He, he's that generous a guy. He, he's that authentic. Yeah. So soft skills yield hard dollars, right? Uh, by the way, it's sellingfromtheheart.net in case you forgot that one, Work Positive Nation, or have yet to listen to that podcast. Uh, Larry's good people. So is Mark Hirschberg, the careertoolkitbook.com. I mentioned it several times because it has so many great resources. Can you just tell us one or two or three? I know there's one or two or three hundred free resources out there, but can you, can you highlight some of the free resources we'll find there to tantalize us a little bit? Yeah, a few things. First, I have a number of articles, blog posts, and one of the articles that ties into the resources section I'll mention in a moment is about how during the interview process to bring up and discuss culture, whether you're a candidate or a hiring manager, these are the questions to talk about. And here's, by the way, how to ask them and bring them up so it doesn't sound awkward. (laughs) Now, on the resources section itself, I have that list of questions and link back to the article, how to ask them. I have as a first download, how to create this peer learning program. And by the way, all this stuff you can download completely free. I don't even gate it with an email. I'd rather you take it and use it. I'm not Mm. trying to sell you anything. So you can learn how to create that peer learning program. And by the way, the copyright's open. So you can cross my name out, put your name on there. Go to your (laughs) company and say, I had a brilliant idea. Here's why I just wrote up. Take the credit. I want you to do better. Wow. There's other free resources, questions to help you think through your career plan, how to think about building out a candidate profile when Mm. you're creating that job description. I have links to other free online resources as well as a number of other books I recommend. That's all under the resources page. Now there's also with the book, although I don't require you to buy the book to do this, there is a free app, Mm. the Career Toolkit app. 
because so often you read a book, you say, wow, there's great advice here. And then you forget it all two weeks later. So in the free app that you can download from Android and iPhone, it's linked from the website, you will get the key ideas in the book as well as in the blog. And they will either be available if you want to search for it. Oh, I need those networking tips right now. I'm going to go pull them up before I walk into this networking event. Right. Or just as a daily reminder at a time you set to help keep these things top of mind. So if you're working on your communication skills, your leadership skills, set it for those specific tips. Mm -hmm. And day 9 a.m. as you walk in the office, you're going to get a reminder about how to be a better leader. And this is going to help you these small little improvements because we know it's not one and done. It's not that two-day seminar and you're done. It's not, I read the book, I'm done. That's right. These small little reminders that take two seconds a day will help you improve. That's amazing. Mark, I am so struck by your generosity. I can't remember the last author I heard openly say, take the copyright. <laughs> that's amazing. I appreciate that. So, man, that's just some of the stuff you'll find at the careertoolkitbook.com. So you can go there now. Mark Hirschberg is my guest today on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Mark, Work Positive Nation always is looking for one thing, one action step to take today to build out that positive work culture. What's your one thing? The key thing is to remember these skills are not one and done. So mm. whether you create the peer learning group, whether you listen to a podcast like this every week to upskill yourself, whether you use an app like mine to get the daily tips, whatever you do, commit to it more than once, because if you just do it once, it's going to fade out. We lead busy lives. So create some repeatable habit. It might even be a few seconds a day. That's how you're going to take those short sides and lengthen them. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. And that's something we can all get our arms wrapped around to do, right? And uh, Dr. Sean Aker in the Happiness Advantage tells you all kinds of great ways to convert those actions into habits. For instance, the 20-second rule. So you just reminded me about that. So I, uh, I will go to the careertoolkitbook.com. Work Positive Nation, I hope to meet you over there. We'll find some amazing things in that toolkit that Mark Hirschberg has so generously provided for us. And let's get ourselves a copy of his book, too, The Career Toolkit, while we're there and enjoy reading that and get that app so that we can bump our brains, right, and consistently uh, uh, replace the noise around us with something good and positive that we can use to create the kind of career and work culture that we'd like. Mark, thank you so much. I've learned so much today. I know that Work Positive Nation has as well. This will be a podcast that we listen to over and over and over so that we can grab each kernel of truth and wisdom that you've shared with us today. Thank you for the gift of your time and yourself today. Thank you so much. Thank you to you and your audience for listening. Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today slash checklist. Remember, it pays to work positive.